0: The Bible Study Podcast, episode 658. Today, the Bible Study Podcast continues the study of the book of Genesis with chapter 15. Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast from your host, Chris Christensen. This is a key chapter within the book of Genesis, chapter 15, and it's the Lord's covenant with Abram. And so remember at this point, Abram was called out from Ur of the Chaldeans, and he was called to follow God. And it wasn't very clear what he was called to do, but he was called to go down to Canaan, and he was told he was going to be given this land. And since then, he's been told that his descendants will be as many as the sands of the seashore, but he has no descendants. And so, this chapter goes like this. After this, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your very great reward. But Abram said, Sovereign Lord, what can you give me since I remain childless, and the one who will inherit my estate is Eleazar of Damascus. And Abram said, you have given me no children, so a servant in my household will be my heir. Then the word of the Lord came to him, this man will not be your heir, but a son who is your own flesh and blood will be your heir. He took him outside and said, look up at the sky and count the stars, if indeed you can count them. Then he said to him, So shall your offspring be. Abram believed the Lord, and he credited it to him as righteousness. He also said to him, I am the Lord who brought you out of Ur of the Chaldeans to give you this land to take possession of it. But Abram said, Sovereign Lord, how can I know that I will gain possession of it? Then the Lord said to him, know for certain that for 400 years, your descendants will be strangers in a country, not their own, and that they will be enslaved and mistreated there. But I will punish the nation they serve as slaves and afterward they will come out with great possessions. You, however, will go to your ancestors in peace and be buried at a good old age in the fourth generation your descendants will come back here for the sin of the amorites is not yet reached its full measure when the sun had set and darkness had fallen a smoking firepot and a blazing torch appeared and passed between the pieces on that day the lord made a covenant with abram and said to your descendants i will give this land from the wadi of egypt to the great river the euphrates the land of the Kenites, Kenazites, Cadmonites, Hittites, Perizzites, Raphites, Amorites, Canaanites, Gerashites, Girgashites, and Jebusites. So in this particular chapter, God formalizes what he's already promised. God has already said, I'm going to give you this land. And God has already implied, therefore, he's going to take it away from the people who are there already, and we get this list of people who are in the land that God is saying, I'm going to give to you and your descendants. And of course, the big catch here is that Abram has no descendants, and Abram points that out to God because it's been a while since he's been called, and we don't know how long yet, but it's going to be a little longer still until Isaac is born, his son, his son that God is talking to him about here. Now, of course, God is also talking to him about the future generations and how they'll be slaves in Egypt. And if you were a skeptical person, you could point out that if we believe that this is written by Moses or someone after Moses' time, as some people believe, then clearly it'd be easy to know that all of that was going to happen. But let's take it as face value that God tells Abram that your people are going to go away. He doesn't say where, but they're going to be slaves, and then I'm going to bring them back, and I'm going to give them to this land. And there's an interesting phrase with why the delay. And in much of the time with Abraham and in with some of his descendants, there's this delay between a promise and a fulfillment. And often we're not told why. Why? But in this particular case, God gives Abram a reason, and he says the sin of the Amorites has not yet reached its full measure. And I've always thought that was an interesting phrase because when God gives this land, the promised land, to the Israelites as they come out of Egypt— There are all sorts of things that he tells them about not intermarrying with and not having anything to do with, in many cases, the people of the land because their worship practices are not just not Jewish, but they're detestable to God. And we know from other sources and from the Bible that the worship of the Baal and the worship of the Asherah, that there was child sacrifice involved. And we know that God is not pleased with them. And we see in a couple chapters with Sodom and Gomorrah that God can, when he is not pleased with someone, deal with it in a more immediate fashion. But for some reason, the people in this land, God is saying, I haven't given up on them yet is how I interpret that. Their sin has not yet reached its full measure. I'm not yet ready to deal with their sin. And so I'm going to give you this land because I know what's going to happen but I'm not going to give it to you yet. And you wonder if, or I wonder if, it's because God is doing something else that the Bible doesn't record, that God is trying to deal with the people of this land in other ways. Are there other prophets, for instance, that are not mentioned in the Bible? We have people like the king of Salem who come in and leave the story and are mentioned very briefly, who says you know, that he is a prophet of... The most high God, or a priest of the most high God, and well, who else might be? I do not know. I am merely speculating. But it is interesting this timing thing. This is one of the places that we see this in the Book of Genesis. First of all, we start with this whole, "Hey, you promised me descendants as many of the grains of sand on the seashore, but I don't have any," and God promises it again. He takes him outside and shows him the stars and said, yeah, not only as many as the grains of sand at the seashore, but as many as the stars in the heavens. And of course, Abram lives in a time without a lot of light pollution, and so he probably sees a lot more stars than you and I can see. And so the promise comes again, and then for the first time, there is something more than God just speaking to Abram. There's actually a sign, and that sign here is the, the appearance of this smoking fire pot and blazing torch that appear among these pieces. And there aren't a lot of miracles in the relationship between God and Abram, besides Isaac, and we'll get into that as we move forward, but God doesn't do a lot of miracles, And one of the interesting things about Abram is this phrase here that Abram believed the Lord and it was credited to him as righteousness. And that, of course, is going to come up again in the New Testament. Paul will bring up this particular verse in Romans in chapter 4 when he's arguing that we are saved by faith instead of saved by works and he's talking to the Jews in this case and he goes back even to Abraham and says Abraham is not saved by what he did it doesn't say that Abraham was righteous it says that Abraham believed God had faith and that God credited to that to his account as if he were righteous he credited to him as righteousness So he is arguing in Romans 4 that even Abram here is not saved because of what he did, but because of his faith in God. And that is a theme that we will see throughout the Bible, certainly in the New Testament, but Paul looks back and sees it here in the Old Testament as well. And Even with this, even with this renewed promise, we'll see as we move forward, God's timing is God's timing, and it's still going to take a while, but this is a key verse. This is the first covenant, the covenant between Abram and God. And with that, we're going to end this episode of the Bible Study Podcast. If you have any questions, send an email to host at Podcast.com or better yet, leave a comment on this episode at thebiblestudypodcast.com, and thanks so much for listening.